you ready for a Rocky Top Final Four run? There is a lot of hype surrounding this Tennessee Volunteers team this season, and they have the talent to put a sensational team on the court. Both of us had Tennessee's backcourt as our number one coming into the season, and they aren't too shabby in the front court either. Last year, Tennessee came off one of their best tournaments in school history. David, how do you see the Volunteers season turning out? Sensational. They are going to be one of the teams in this conference hunting down an SEC title. They're experienced. They're talented. They have a coach with a solid history. It's all the things you are looking for for a good team and possible contender in this conference this year. Well, today we are talking to the guys from the Section YY8 podcast about their thoughts on the Tennessee Volunteers. Let's talk about Rocky Top today on the Hoop Southbound Show. The Tennessee Volunteers are going to the Sweet 16. Florida takes its place in history. Back to back and unforgettable. Three-pointer on the way. No good. Falls with the dunk at the buzzer. It goes in Arkansas Rams. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. I don't know where that energy came from. It just. We are in the home field apparel studio where they know college. Go check out all their cool threads that'll have you standing out on game day this season. And while you're there, make sure to use promo code Variety Sports. Today, we are talking with Nathan from the section YY8 podcast. Nathan, how you doing? Good. How are you guys tonight? I'm doing excellent, man. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Maddie was going to come back and respond to that first or not. You don't want to talk to people on a video call. (laughs) I just saw your shirt, and I know the Cowboys are playing, so. Yeah, I'm going to be checking in on that in a little (laughs) bit. So I've refrained from seeing the score yet, so. (laughs) Well, when I I got to uh, my my studio here, uh, you were probably going to be feeling okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. It may have changed in the last 15. It may have changed in the last 15 minutes. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how uh, like optimism, optimism. All right. Yeah. There you go. All right, Maddie. <laughs> All right, Nathan. Well, we're going to play a little buy or BS as we like to call it here on Hoop Southbound about this volunteer team. Um, I'll ask you one. David will ask you one. We'll go back and forth. Um, but the first one I've got for you. Tennessee will have the best defensive rating in the SEC again this season. Bye. I think they, I mean, they've got most of their team back from last year who was number one um, in the nation, according to Ken Palm, defensively. Uh, They were number three points allowed per game last year on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I would buy that in a heartbeat. Now, will they? I don't know, maybe not, but they'll definitely be in, in the in the conversation. But, yeah, I would buy that in a heartbeat. I'm with you there. I really like Tennessee's defense. I think they're going to be solid again last season. They play at the right pace to make sure that number stays down as well. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on that. So the next one, Tennessee will have the best backcourt in the SEC this season. Mm, I'm going to sell that one. Um, I think they could have an excellent backcourt. Um, it just depends on how they've developed this off season, but I'm not ready to, uh, anoint them as the best in the conference. 
That's interesting because me and Maddie both have Tennessee as the best in our, our we, we did our backcourt stop five and we, we both picked Tennessee as our number one. So it's interesting to hear from a Vols fan, the perspective. So I, 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 did, I need to see something out of them. I mean, I, I think they've got the potential to be that. Um, don't get me wrong, but um, uh, how have they developed this offseason? How have they progressed from where they were last year is what I'm looking for. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, you mentioned those returning pieces, and that was really what David and I, I think, based most of our conversation on the Tennessee backcourt around was just that they were so stellar last year that sky's the limit. Um, especially when you're talking growth and development, getting them even a little bit better. Yeah, and just seeing more consistency out of them, I think, is the thing. I mean, they were they were top-notch several times, but then they would vanish at different points. So I think that consistency there is what I'm looking for. Fair enough. Definitely makes sense. All right, last one I got for you. Tennessee will at least tie their all-time best in March Madness with an Elite Eight run. Ugh. I know it's hard to see without a bracket. I, I know, like, the like, yeah. potential is really what we're asking here. Yeah, I mean, I, I would buy that just because they do have the potential to do that. Now, like like you said, it's hard to buy or sell that because you might run into a Florida Atlantic that gets hot as a firecracker and goes to the Final Four, or you may be that team. Or it just it's a lot. We always say on, on our show when we talk basketball – I think you guys probably agree the NCAA tournament's all about matchups. Who you're playing, when you're playing them, how they match up with you, and a lot goes into that. But, I mean, if if we're having to say on potential, I would buy the fact that Tennessee could match or surpass that. Now, it was, right before we started recording, we were talking about I was reading – you know, reading up on the falls earlier today, and they always let us down in March. Um, so – there's that. So, yeah, but I, I would buy that because I think this team has the potential to be able to do that. I'm with it. I'm with that. Um, yeah, no, I would agree. The NCAA tournament is there's a huge portion of it that is matchups and that does matter quite a bit, especially when you're trying to go deep into March. So especially early in those rounds, like that's how all those teams that bust your bracket happen is like you get draw that one team that does that one thing that you're not particularly good at defending or playing, you know, against on offense so yeah i get where you're coming from all right maddie yeah definitely hard to see um mm -hmm. at this point you know especially when we haven't really even watched a competitive basketball game from anybody yet but i think you know key there definitely like you said nathan is potential so we're gonna jump into the roster experience talent that's what tennessee is riding heavy on this season nathan who is going to be your player to watch on this Bulls team my player to watch is a newcomer. Um, you could go with your Triple J or your Vescovy, um, but mine is Dalton Connect. He's a transfer from Northern Colorado. He averaged 20.2 points a game last year, um, 35 minutes a game, 38% from three-point range, which is key for me because Tennessee's not or was not a great three-point shooting team last year. They weren't a great offensive team by the metrics, but – um, I think Dalton Connect can bring uh, a key to the offense that Tennessee hadn't had where they can open it up outside on a more consistent basis. You know, he can take some of the pressure off of of Triple J, uh, of Santiago Vescovi, from having to carry so much of the load. He can be that weapon, we think. Um, you know, coming from northern Colorado, it's – it's a different 
animal in the SEC. So um, how how will his game translate over? But I think he's my player to watch this year because he could be a huge different ma- maker on the offensive end for the Vols. Yeah, I, I like Dalton Connect a lot. Uh, you're talking, like you mentioned, 20.2 points per game, just a sensational guard, and he's got a good size about him too. He's over 200 pounds and 6'6", uh, great body. 38% from three there for Northern Colorado last season. Great basketball player. Uh, I'm definitely feeling it. Um, I get that pick a lot. Now, you mentioned Santiago Vescovi, and yeah, that's who I'm rocking with uh, for my player to pick. Uh, here, If you need some numbers for everybody at home, how about this? Last season, Santiago Vescovi was Tennessee's leading scorer with 12.9 points per game. He was their leading three-point field goal maker at 2.8 a game. He had the third best offensive rating on the team at 116.6, and he wasn't bad on defense either. He was second on the team for steals. His defensive rating was 88.2, giving him a net rating of 28.4, which was the second highest on the team last year. And the only player better than him was a Waka in that category. And he had the second highest shooting percentage for a guard on this team at 40.3%. That's four guards who played at least 20 games, I should note. Vescovi is that dude who keeps uh, coaches up at night and trying to game plan around him. So I really like Santiago Vescovi. Think he's going to be a huge part of this team with another year of experience there under Rick Barnes. So I'm excited to watch Bescovy and see how he's continued his game uh, moving forward. I know that's kind of a expected pick because I've been doing transfers and newcomers all throughout this series. It feels like, but yeah, I'm rocking Santiago Bescovy. Maddie, who's your pick? All right, David, you mentioned him in your spiel of Santiago Bescovy this season. I'm excited to see what Tobey Awaka has for this balls team after watching highlights of. His time with the U19 USA team, I can tell Walk has grown a lot in court awareness and IQ, which was kind of where he struggled last season when he got on the floor. And playing on a team like that's really going to help him improve this season. He was one of only three players to average a double-double in that series of games in that tournament and had four double-doubles and only seven games. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot from him this season. I think it's going to be something special to watch. Yep, and that's a front court player, so that's what we're talking about next. So, <laughs> all right. Well, as David said, let's turn over to the front court. I know he's big on Tennessee's front court, so let's start. What do you like about Tennessee's front court, David? Uh, yeah. So I was actually going to let Nathan go first, but um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I like you know Nathan. If you want to take it away, you are the guest. I'll, I'll go second here. <laughs> No, if you if you're ready, go ahead. All right. So Tennessee's returning Jonas Adu uh, to the front court this season, uh, just under seven foot, seven foot, very capable forward. Last season, he averaged five points a game and four rebounds. He's also had similar size and length um, to replace Europe uh, to replace Europe Euros there. I don't know why I had problems speaking there. Uh, for the lack of minutes he gets, he was an effective rebounder, and he averaged just eighteen minutes a point for the vault or eighteen minutes a game for the Vols last season. Uh, they're also returning, as you mentioned, Toby Awaka, who averaged three points a game and just under four rebounds in just 10 minutes a night. Uh, he was, like you mentioned, a starter for Team USA under 19, and he was solid there this offseason, solidified himself as one of the best players on that team. Uh, he had one game, his best mark was 11.6 points and 10.6 rebounds. So got a double-double, grabbed that. Very physical defender, um, very high on him. And then the guy I'm like just got done doing my freshman 15 uh, for on the YouTube channel, JP Australia. And there's also a three-star Cade Phillips. Now, on Australia, he's one of the biggest surprises, according to Rick Barnes, out of this recruiting class. He's expected to make an immediate impact for the Vols. We'll see how it comes out, you know, at this point in the season. And he's been pretty competitive with Waka and Adu in practices, according to Barnes. So very interested to see what JP Australia can do. He's got good hands. He's got a terrific natural touch. He's a definite, he's got some good passing instincts. So 
Uh, I think he could be a very high volume front court facilitator for this Vols team and is going to be a very interesting piece to utilize in different game time scenarios. Yeah, I agree with all of those points you made. Um, I mean, I think mine was probably a walker just because of how he he took a step during the season last year. You could see it on the court. He he rebounded really well, was solid defensively. Scoring was not there, obviously. Um, that changed when he went to the U19 games with Team USA. He he scored, he rebounded, he played pretty good defense. Uh, from what I read, Rick Barnes spoke very highly of him this offseason. So, I mean, he's a guy that if he can take that next step this season and can complement a Jonas Adu, who I kind of want to see take that next step where we've seen flashes from, from Adu. Um, he's a great skilled shot blocker. Um, he's shown flashes at times that he can score, but then he vanishes for – long stretches of a game or or games uh, period. So, you know, how do those guys develop in the offseason and how do they take their game to that next level? I think for Tennessee to win the SEC this year and to get further past the Sweet 16, they're going to have to have those guys step up because it can't be Vescovy and Triple J and Dalton Connect. It can't just be those three like we've seen in the past. I mean, there's – a swing player, not really in the backcourt. He's he, he kind of goes back and forth. Um, is Josiah Mayshack. I mean, he he was versatile last year. One game he started at center. One game he started at point guard. So that's somebody too to watch. Um, I had some notes here that I'd written those three guys' na- names down: Awaka, Adu, and Mayshack, uh, of potential guys that could really make a difference in Tennessee's in Tennessee's backcourt. 100% agree with you. Uh, love everything. You, like We're on the same page. Like This is the point right here. If Tennessee is going to win the SEC this season, the backcourt has to live up to the potential it has. It has massive potential. Um, we know how good the backcourt is for the most part because of how much experience like and returners that they have. Love everything you mentioned on there. That is the catalyst. I, I totally agree if you want to win an SEC title this season. Yeah, you know, and those returners in Awaka and Adu um, definitely have some major potential in the front court. But as David kind of said, the highlight of this team this season is going to be the backcourt. Um, so let's dive into it. Nathan, what do you see for this backcourt this year? Well, I mean, you've got, like we've said, you've got Vescovy back. You've got Triple J back. Two guys that have been with this program since, I think, the early 2000s, it feels like. I mean, these guys have been around forever. Um, the fan base loves these guys here in Knoxville. Uh, they're kind of our last – well, Triple J and Vescovy are kind of our last connection somewhat to that team that with Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and that. They're kind of that last uh, connection to that team. But those guys being back are really the catalyst for this team. There's probably going to be games where you don't see much out of Triple J or Vescovy, but their leadership is what Rick Barnes has talked about all, all offseason. Their coaches on the court, their coaches on the – on the bench in the locker room. So, you know, having those guys back there is huge. Um, you've got Zakai Ziegler, who's coming off an ACL injury. I think he tore it against Arkansas last year. Um, if he, which from what I've read, he should be ahead of progress or ahead of schedule to come back this year. Now, will he play early on in the year? I think they'll probably take it easy with him, but I've seen videos from practice um, where he's going through a lot of the drills. I don't know how hard, but 
having Zakai Ziegler back, he's that spark plug on this team, the energizer bunny um, to get this team going. And um, when he's in there and when he's making things happen, especially if we're playing in Thompson Bowling Arena or the Food City Center now, as it's called. <laughs> It's still TBA um, which, at Food City Center, from my understanding. <laughs> I'm not calling it Food City Center. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but yeah, I mean, when he's in there and he's making things happen, that place goes berserk. Um, so those three guys, having them in the backcourt and just their experience being around this program, being under Rick Barnes for the last four to six years, it's huge for this program, especially if you want to make a deep run in March. Bingo. Love, love it. 100%. Uh, a Guide to Winning in March, a book by David Harris. Check it out on Audible today. I'm kidding. I don't have a book on Audible, but that's exactly how you win in March. You have to have experience, good guard play. Tennessee's got that, and I, I freaking love it. Um, it. It's it's a great combination here. Now, you said all the good things that I was going to hit on, the advanced stats, the stats, everything you look at looks great. Now, the catalyst that I really want to point to this backcourt on where it's going to be, the trick is going to be getting their guards in the best position in every game to get that shooting percentage to rise. Uh, last season, the Vols were right in the middle of the pack when it came to their shooting percentage, and they had one of the best offensive ratings because of their three-point shooting last year. The Vols' three-point three-point tendency was uh, fifth best in the conference. So to go elite Tennessee's next step forward is making more shots count. Uh, and a little bit of evidence of that. Look at the Duke Vols game in the tournament. Vols were shot 42.9% from three to beat Duke to make the sweet 16. But the reason Duke was within 10 points with two minutes to go, despite Duke missing as Maddie pulls her hair out constantly, uh, all those free throws is because Duke shot 20% better from two than the vault. So you got to have, make sure that you're making more shots count throughout the course of the season. And that's how Tennessee takes that huge step forward that they've been dying to make for the last several years. Yeah. I mean, there's not much else to say after you guys both kind of tag team to hit every, I think possible statistic that you could find on the Vols basketball team last season. Um, but all I'm going to say here is there's a list of fantastic talent in this backcourt if you listened last season, you know, I'm definitely rooting for a good return for Sakai Ziegler, big fan of his. And after victory tour from Santiago Vescami and Bayshack, like you said, looking to kind of make a name for himself after his increased play when Zakai Ziegler was injured, I think we're going to see a great run for all of these guys in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, going back to what David said, you know, making shots count. Tennessee had a bad tendency. I don't know a number or a stat on this. Uh, it's just kind of a, a eye test thing. But they would go into these huge droughts offensively. Huge. You cannot do that, especially when you get in March Madness, when you get in the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament. You can't go five, six, seven minutes without a field goal. And they went several games throughout the year where they would go long stretches without field goals. So, like you said, David, you know, making those, making your shots count. Taking the right shot at the right time is something that this team has got to do better if, if they want to advance. Yeah, and I'll touch right back on that because I'm with you. Um, you know, you heard my spiel the number. Yeah, we saw those droughts. We saw them have trouble to get the free throw line at the time as well. But I think one of the things that's going to play a huge favor in the Vols is just how much more experience they've got. They've got another year under their belt in this backcourt. And I think that, you know, with as many seniors and experienced guards that we've had, you know, on Tennessee, I think they can take that step next next step forward. And I think that's why they have a lot of promise this season. 
Yeah, so we've talked about, you know, our favorite players to watch the front court and back courts as a whole. Let's put this roster on a court and look at the schedule for the Vols this season, guys. David, I know you got something to say about Tennessee Tech, but can we all agree that the Vols are getting a win here? Yes, I'll agree that the Vols are getting a win here, but I do have something to say about Tennessee Tech. Uh, Nathan? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, It's a win. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, just real fast on Tennessee Tech. Don't let the score fool you in this game. Uh, Vols probably will blow them out, but Tennessee Tech is a very good basketball team. I'm more interested in watching how Tennessee plays in this game. Tennessee Tech is going to be one of the better uh, teams coming out of the Ohio Valley Conference this year. So, again, I've been doing my research for mid-majors for the Mid-Major Report podcast a lot here at least recently. Gotcha. So. <laughs> I'm going a, little, going a little crazy on these teams that nobody but absolute basketball crazy people watch. <laughs> All right, so after that Tennessee Tech game, we see the first big game of the season against Wisconsin up in Madison. Huge game on the road for the Vols. Definitely not shying away from competition in the preseason. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, So this was a game I think that was supposed to take place or a home-and-home series that was supposed to take place and was interrupted by uh, the COVID-19 year in 2020, if I remember correctly. But uh, – yeah, glad to see this matchup happen. I've always been a big fan of Wisconsin basketball from afar. Uh, this, their how they play, how their program's been run over the years. I know they're uh, down from what they used to be just a little bit, but still a tough place to play at the Cole Center. But I think Tennessee, it's a first big test of the year. You're on the road, tough environment, a Friday night game. Uh, so you know it's going to be lit up there in Madison, but I think the Vols go up there and and set the tone early this season with a win. I think that would be an incredible win if they get it. Um, I, you know, Wisconsin really good basketball team. Uh, looking at John Rothstein's power rankings here, real fast. Uh, yeah, he's got a projected fifth in the Big Ten. So this is a quality opponent that Tennessee is going to go face early in the season. Not shying away from competition. Uh, just checked him on Kim Palm, also number twenty team on Kim Palm. Of course, it's preseason Kim Palm, so nothing's exactly right on there yet. But if they get this win, that's going to be an awesome Q1 win to start your season out with. And you've already got a big one to put on your uh, put on your resume to start the year out um, there in week one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we've got Tennessee going up against Wofford before heading to Hawaii to play an absolute stacked Maui tournament this season. The MTE to watch this season for sure. Game one is against Syracuse. Game two will either be up against Purdue or Gonzaga. And game three against Marquette, UCLA, Kansas, or a very unlikely, say it, David. Chaminade. Chaminade. (laughs) Yeah. You you enjoyed saying it so much last season. I just thought I'd let you have it. <laughs> they weren't there last season, like you know. But that is that is the uh, Maui school, <laughs> the hosts, if you will. <laughs> All right, guys. What do you think about this MTE? Uh yeah, it's it's a great field. I mean, let, let's be real. This is the best MTE you possibly can watch. I think the numbers came out. Someone compared this uh, field to the AP Top 25 that came out today. And it was like, what, uh, six out of 11 teams on here? Or, or, or six teams in this field are in the top 11 teams in the AP Top 25? I mean, you want to talk about the chance to get some quality wins. My goodness, this tournament is loaded up with good opportunities. Now, I totally expect Tennessee to come out, beat Syracuse, and then we move on to even better competition throughout the uh, course of this tournament. So um, unless they face Chaminade uh, for some unknown reason. Um, but you know, overall, 
Kansas, UCLA, Marquette, Gonzaga. I mean, you just keep pointing to them. I mean, those are all names that you've heard or recent been really good. Shaka Smart's got Marquette playing good basketball. Kansas, we talked about earlier, 47%. 47% of candid coaches said that Kansas was the best team in the country. Um, yeah, it, it's nuts. This is a great field. This is going to be sit your butt down on the couch, cook a pot of chili, well, it's starting to get cold outside in late November and watching basketball going on in Hawaii. Also, prayers out to the folks out in Maui. Nathan, what are your thoughts, man? Because I, I could talk about this for hours. Like, this, I love I mean, this field. <laughs> you're right. Look at this field. I'm just looking at it from, from Ken Palm. And like you said, this is early season Ken Palm. This could change. But you got Purdue number one, Kansas number yeah, two. I didn't even mention Purdue. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Gonzaga number five. Tennessee number eight, Marquette number 11. I mean, you got five teams in the top 11 of Ken Palm in this tournament. So you you could go one and two in this tournament and not have anywhere near a bad loss. Um, you could walk away feeling pretty good about yourself. It's that tough. It's a good precursor to, um, to March Madness. I, I know – I did not know this until last year – uh, when Jimmy Dykes on ESPN said it, but I believe either a Final Four participant or a national champion has won a quote-unquote preseason tournament or early season tournament um, at some point during the season. Tennessee won battle for Atlantis last year, um, obviously didn't win the national title, didn't get to the Final Four, but this is a good lit litmus test for all of these teams because they're going to face heavy competition right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I've been mentioning that all offseason, I swear, when we've been going through these uh, team previews. Yeah, you're exactly right. Whoever wins this MTE, obvious favorite, you know, or should be one of the teams highly considered uh, to be a national champion or Final Four team this season. You should definitely be thinking about them throughout the course. Of Last season's a perfect example, UConn. UConn won the PK-85. Um, and what did they do? Won a national championship. Like, over and over again. Like, I'm not saying that it's always going to happen, because, like, I do remember that stat having some gaps in it. But, like, yeah, obviously, like, when you beat some really good opponents in a three-day span, you got to think that that team's pretty good. So, like, it, it's it's one of those tests that makes sense. And this field, someone's going to win something out of this. They're going – somebody's going deep out of this tournament. And it's a matter of who it's going to be. So, whoever wins this, circle them and keep them in mind when you're filling out your bracket in March. And it's kind of weird to see Syracuse and in, in, I don't – I'm assuming they're not ranked in the AP top 25. I no, I don't but think they're they're, they're 105 in Ken Palm. Saying Syracuse is one of the weaker teams in a tournament is just so weird to me growing up with them being what they were. But I mean, Tennessee's got them right out of the gate. It's a pretty good matchup for them, I think, to advance on in that tournament to go and face these these heavy hitters right out of the gate. Yeah, at Syracuse, uh, I'm looking at Rothstein now, number 10 in his ACC preseason power rankings. Just New coach, new situation. They're moving on from the uh, from the gym years there. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's so weird to think that Syracuse is now like a middle of the pack best basketball team. Um, you know, we we grew. I grew up in the Camaro, Camaro, uh, Carmelo Anthony year um, and all and all those really good years that Syracuse had. And then I'm a big fan of Big East basketball history and one of the best teams from the Big East uh, historically, the Georgetown uh, Georgetown Syracuse rivalry. It's like, Right behind Georgetown. Um, but yeah, big fan of that era of basketball. So yeah, you're right. It's so weird to think that Syracuse where they're at nowadays. But yeah, I, I still have the uh the Vols being the better orange team here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean the crazy thing about this is all those great teams and the schedule doesn't get any easier. 
Cincinnati's going to be on the road in Chapel Hill for the ACC SEC Challenge against North Carolina. What are your guys' thoughts on this game? You're not out of November yet. Um, yeah, North <laughs> Carolina. Um, they made they're going to be decent. I, I think Tennessee is going to be better, but obviously Chapel Hill is a tough place to go and win a basketball game there in the Smith uh, Smith Smith Dome Smith Arena Smith. I think it's the Smith Center. Smith Center. I was going to get there eventually, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dean Smith. Uh, yeah, Dean Again, North Carolina, one of the most, the biggest disappointment. I'm going to quit saying one up. The biggest disappointment of the season last year. Um, obviously, Davis is trying to get that team back on track. Baycott's going to be really tough to play against uh, there for North Carolina. So I, I think Tennessee's going to have a tougher fight than they're asking for with it being an away game, but it's a really good opponent. Really good opponent. And again, another chance to boost that resume even more. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, we Tennessee went out there a few years ago. Um, it was the year before Tennessee made the big leap under Rick Barnes, I believe. And they gave North Carolina all they all they wanted. And then some North Carolina returned uh, to Knoxville the next year. Tennessee had that game one, let it slip away, um, which is a theme in the Tennessee North Carolina basketball series. If you go back to the uh, Jerry Green days, we we're in the sweet 16 against Carolina and Bill Guthridge and let that one slip away. Um, but I think, like you said, David, you know, Tennessee's a better basketball team, probably a better program at this point um, than North Carolina. And I mean, I'm not saying overall in the history of things that they are, but right now I think Tennessee's a better basketball program and they go on the road and, and find a way to win in the Dean Dome, a tough place to play. It is. It's an extremely tough place to play. <laughs> Yeah, I think at that point, it's basically home court advantage versus the balls because, like you said, better all-around team, I think, for this upcoming season. But who knows, after that MTV, MTE, playing a lot of difficult teams, could be interesting to come back home to. Um, so after that, Tennessee will play George Mason at home before facing Illinois, another power conference opponent. But the balls are finally back home in Knoxville. So what are you guys thinking for this one, uh, being back in yeah, TVA. so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll run through this because we talked about Illinois in the Mizzou preview. Um, to kind of highlight here for Tennessee fans, um, roster the biggest guy to know, Coleman Hawkins, uh, returning for Illinois. Illinois returning, uh, expected to be the third best team in the Big Ten this season. Um, good talent. They're going to be a good team. They'll make the tournament. Um, if the Vols win this, it's again, and I'm going to recap this when we go through floor and ceiling. You're, the resume can be incredible. Like it, it, this is just what it comes down to with how tough the schedule is. I think this is probably the longest we've talked about a non-conference schedule because all the big games that Tennessee's facing um, in these previews so far, because these, the schedule's outstanding. And this is just another example of the Vol scheduling a tough opponent uh, to boost that resume. Yeah, I agree. I mean, looking at Ken Palm, they're not Illinois is 19th. Um, if this game was in Champaign, I might lean toward, uh, the fighting Illini just because of the fact it's on the road, tough opponent, you know, Big Ten opponent, um, probably play similar styles. Tennessee's known for defense, um, but it being in Thompson Bowling Arena, I, I lean toward the Vols in this one. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement here that being at home, this is going to be a good one for Tennessee to take control and maybe boost their net a little bit more. 
So the Vols get one more game at home against Georgia Southern before heading to San Antonio for the Hall of Fame series to play NC State. How do you guys see this matchup here? We're never going to get through this non-conference schedule. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, NC State is a uh, is they're going to be fighting for the tournament this year. Um, I, I'm a little bit higher on them than some other people, but like I think Tennessee beats NC State. I'll throw out some names to know real fast: uh, DJ Burns, MJ Rice, DJ Horn, Jaden Taylor. Um, all guys that should be expected to be on the court at some point during this game, if not injured. Um, neutral site game. So as long as NC State is somewhere, I believe, in the top 75, can still be a quad one victory um, for the uh, Vols. Um, I forget that number every now and then, but like I, I think this is a really good chance to grab a good win on a neutral floor. Actually, I think it's 50 for neutral site um, for a quad one, um, but 75 on the road. But San Antonio will be a tough building play just thinks that these two east coast teams have to you know i call in tennessee east coast but it's east coast enough to have to travel all the way to the middle of texas to play a basketball yeah. game uh travel time wise <laughs> yeah i can't imagine either one of these fan bases are gonna have a huge presence in that in Ole Miss that and cal are showing up to this series also like that's a double header game <laughs> yeah yeah i think um I, I, NC State's not a bad program. Like you said, they're probably – I don't know a ton about them. Um, they're probably a bubble top team um, out of the ACC. A former Vol, DJ Burns, is with them. I heard you mention them. I yes. kind of forgot he was still there. So, um, it would be interesting to to see him in action. But I think Tennessee's just a better basketball team than, than they are. Yep. So, finally, closing out the non-conference schedule, which seems like – its own season um, <laughs> against Charlton State and Norfolk State at home before beginning conference play. I don't see any roadblocks here. You guys see any issues with these teams? Can we just end the season right there? I <laughs> mean, call it this, good. Like what a this year! <laughs> non-conference schedule is crazy. I you know I've no Tennessee under Rick Barnes has always scheduled some good opponents, but nothing like this. This, this is, crazy. is crazy. This is this is nuts. Uh Terrellton State's a good team. I'll just say that and move on. Um but yeah I don't think Tennessee will have a problem with them. Um uh, but good team out of a decent mid-major conference. Yeah I think by the time we roll in March you guys are gonna be going through oh we played that team we played that team <laughs> yeah. so I mean, if you think guys. about it if Tennessee <laughs> were to win the majority of these games Think about on the resume when we get to February when they start putting up quality wins. Will they have room on the screen for that? I mean, it's crazy that if they are to win these games, how many good wins at this point they would have. It's 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 absolutely ludicrous. I, I'm with you, and I'm I'm looking at what Kim Palm Kim Palm's saying that you guys are going to win like eighty percent of these. Um, so like crazy, crazy town. Um, but yeah, Maddie, let's very quickly, as we always do, because we'll, we're going to re-talk about it later, but like down the road. But let's talk about the conference schedule, Maddie. <laughs> Please, yeah, get so me out of non-conference. <laughs> after all of that madness, uh, we will see a home-and-home series against Alabama, Kentucky, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. At home, we will see the Vols match up against Auburn, Florida, LSU, and Ole Miss. And going on the road, they will be in Fayetteville, Arkansas. They will be at Georgia, Mississippi State, and Missouri. What are your thoughts here? Okay. Thank goodness we're talking about SEC. It's not that I don't enjoy Tennessee's schedule. I'm going to love talking it through about it throughout the, throughout the season. But it's nice to talk about some SEC teams for a second. Uh, as far as the what I see in the head-to-head, Alabama, I expect them to be somewhere amongst the top six to top seven in the SEC. So that's a really good home-and-home series. 
Kentucky, we're going to see it, it. It's all going to be depending on how this young Kentucky team gets going at what point. Then Texas A&M is what I, if people are outside of basketball, they don't realize that's a good team this year. They returned so many of their starters and so many of their top scorers. It's a really good matchup for Tennessee and that home and home series. At home, I think you're facing the right teams, except for LSU, as far as your resume goes, uh, resume helpers go. Um, Ole Miss should be decent, depending on those transfer waiver situations that we've been talking about all season. They get Brandon Murray, it could be a really good situation. Um, and then on the road, yeah, they got some tough games to get some really good net points against, but it's going to be a tougher road schedule. Um, all four of those teams are teams that I think are going to be competing for the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, so that's a that's a decently difficult uh, road game, single game uh, stretch, you know, series that the uh, Vols are going to be going through. Nathan? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just, you've got, we're actually playing Arkansas in Fayetteville. When was the last time that happened? It's been a um, while, like since that consistently <laughs> happened. It wasn't home and home. Yeah, I think you and I talked about it when I had you on last year to preview the Tennessee-Arkansas game here in Knoxville, and we brought it up, like, how many years in a row have we played the Hogs here in Knoxville? So, yeah, that'll be a tough one on the road. Um, I think, I mean, Tennessee's got Missouri at home. That works out because I think Missouri could be uh, could be a pest this year. Um, a Texas A&M on the road is going to be a tough game, but we've got them at home as well. Um, we've got Auburn at home. Uh, Bruce, anytime Bruce Pearl comes back to Knoxville, the energy amps up just a little bit. Goes to eleven. Um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of people still love Bruce around here, and I'm one of them. But uh, he's not our coach anymore, so that that intensity gets up there. I mean, out, going to Alabama, they're going to be a top ten uh, team, I assume, most of the year. Um, so that that's a huge game on a Saturday night. It looks like, and then obviously Kentucky. That's Tennessee, Kentucky, that's the big rivalry uh, on the basketball court with us. So, uh, you know, huge games there. Yeah, really good conference schedule. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. All right, Maddie, throw it out there. Yep. It'll be a good one for sure. So I have got overall with that season and then going into conference play, 23 and a half. Are you guys going over or under that? Nathan, you want to go first? So how how many total I didn't I haven't done this. How many total games does Tennessee have? So it should be 31, I think. 31, 31. I want to say 31. I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna say I'm cautiously gonna say over. Um I mean, I, I can see this team winning 24, 25 games. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they don't just because of how difficult the schedule is. I mean you could be a really good basketball team and lose some really tough basketball games. You know, nail biters, tough opponents you're playing on the road, um, the tournament in Maui. I mean, you could you could be a really good basketball team and it not show record wise. I think this team is is got that senior veteran leadership that's going to help propel them over that twenty three and a half win mark. So I'm going to go over. So I snuck a peek. And the reason I let Nathan look is because I checked it on Kim Palm. Um, of course, you know, Maddie, I came up with this number um, before Kim Palm dropped a couple of weeks ago. So I was over then at 24. So I'm with Nathan on the 24. Kim Palm has 21, but that does not include the Maui games. Uh, so mm -hmm. that number should be right around right. So it's going to be 23 or 24, I think. I'm going to rock 24 because I like the Vols experience quite a bit. 
Um, and I think they'll do pretty well, especially early in the season, because these a lot of these guys have played together already with each other, and there's already developed chemistry. So I'm going to rock 24 and go over. Okay, I like what you guys are thinking here. So obviously we set the bar pretty high in terms of expectations for the Vols this season. So let's lay it all out there. What is the floor for this team? What is the ceiling? And then what are just your overall expectations? Nathan, you want to roll first? I'll go first. I think the ceiling for this team is, I don't want to say a national championship, but a, a final four. Um, they've got the ingredients, but again, it goes back to um, the development of some of the role players, some of these younger guys. Has a DJ Jefferson made any progress this offseason? A Freddie DeLone? Um, Kate Phillips is coming out of nowhere. Well, he, you know, guys like that, well, they contribute um, to, to, counteract the or to help out the veteran leadership on this team so i think the ceiling is that final four the floor is probably a first round exit for this team i think anything um less than that is a failure of a season i mean if they get to the tournament i probably even would say a second round exit um you know, that first, second round, you don't get out of that. That's a failure for this program right now. So let me hit my floor first. Um, actually, you know, let me let me put it this way. This season's a gauntlet. Um, like the schedule, everything about it is it, it's a gauntlet. And um, I think that's the appropriate term. And like a, a gauntlet, for those of you who don't know, like what it literally is, is a glove that is made out of metal. And it all just depends on what side of it you're on. If it hits you in the face, it's going to hurt. Um, but if you're holding the gauntlet, you get to hurt everybody. And the fact of the matter is, is that Tennessee's schedule really is going to benefit them, regardless how it turns out in a lot of cases. Now, you could go the complete opposite direction. It can hurt you or it could really help your resume come March. Um, so as far as the floor expectation, you're making the NCAA tournament. You're going to finish somewhere in the top. I'm going to say I'm going to go really strong here and I'm going to say top six for a floor in the SEC. Um, and that's, that's the worst case I see, um, as far as the ceiling. Yeah, it's, they're using that gauntlet. Um, they win a bunch of these games to build that resume, get a one seed in the tournament and have a great path forward to making a final four. I'm with it. That's that to me where they're going to be singing Rocky top in the middle of the NCAA tournament, like crazy. If everything goes right. Um, my expectation is that they're going to be one of the best teams in the sec. They're going to be a competitor and for the SEC regular season title, they're going to go more than likely. They're definitely going to make the second weekend would be my expectation. If they don't, that would be really a, a change in confidence uh, and what's going on in Tennessee, because I think the expectations are that high. This roster is that good. This schedule is that beneficial um, for how strong it is. So my expectation for Tennessee is very high uh, this season. I expect them to be one of the best teams in the conference. Yeah. I, uh, just to, Piggyback off what you said, I, I didn't even mention the SEC part of it, but finishing in the top four is always a thing I, I want to see Tennessee Great do. Um, you know, last year they were fourth. Uh, the season before, I believe they were the two seed when they won the SEC title. So you want to be in that top four. And you can get away with being in the top six, I think, too, and be okay. Anything less than that is not ideal. So – I think uh, a, a goal for Tennessee every year should be to be in that top four at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I was looking at the odds this morning, and uh, since everything dropped, I was curious what the reaction would be. 
Um, one of the Vegas odds has Tennessee winning the SEC plus 350, which those are some darn good odds to win a conference Very good. In the regular season. Um, so Tennessee, strong team. One I'm looking forward to watching this season because they're going to be good, and they'll be one of the four teams in the SEC I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on uh, throughout the course of this season. Yeah, so I, I really think the Vols have a huge chance here to continue their run of kind of increasing their stock when it comes to, to March. Um, I think the floor here for me, I see 19 to 20 wins just because the terror of the schedule that <laughs> went over with possibly a six, seven seed um, strictly based on, you know, their loss record being a little more hefty than expected um, and finishing in the top four of the SEC for the high, I definitely see a one to two seed with a long streak in the tournament. Like we said, elite eight, possibly maybe even a final four run. Um, so I, Obviously, Outlook is huge for the volunteers this season. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for coming on today. Thank you, Nathan, for coming on talking a little Vols basketball with us. Can you tell the people where they can find you at? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, we have a weekly podcast. You can get us anywhere you stream a podcast at Section YY8. Um, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we we post a video each week of, of our podcast just a bunch of Tennessee fans sitting around talking UT sports. Uh, right now, we're obviously really heavy into football with the Vols being at uh, five and one, a uh, tough game coming up against Alabama this weekend. But we always talk basketball and talk other sports going on at UT. So um, if you want to hear more about the Vols or, or you're a Vols fan that, that haven't uh, heard about us, check us out. Uh, like I said, we're anywhere you can get podcasts, YouTube. Apple, Spotify. So we'd appreciate a, a subscribe and a listen. I have been on their show. It's a great show. And I also do subscribe to their YouTube channel. Yes, I know I'm an Arkansas fan. I listen to other teams' <laughs> podcasts. It's fun because I like to know what their fans say about things. So yeah, go check them out. Great. Like, subscribe to them quite a bit. They're they're a lot of fun to listen to. Definitely. Well, speaking of talking about other teams. Next week, we'll be talking with Blake Anderson about the Texas A&M Aggies and their chances of winning an SEC title this season. There's buzz around the SEC title in College Station, so make sure to like and subscribe. Follow us anywhere you get your podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time.